Hello and welcome to Markets Extra, the podcast where we discuss what's moving markets and what makes traders tick. My name is Han Tan, market analyst at FXTM. So we are approaching the first Friday of June. And as we know, the first Friday of every month is Non-Farm Payrolls Day. So it's a key report on the U.S. jobs market and certainly a major event for global financial markets. So to help us better understand in this episode why this is such a major event, and to preview this week's non-farm payrolls report, we are joined by Lukman Otunuga, market analyst at FXTM. Now, Lukman, I understand that the non-farm payrolls, I mean, okay, of course we have to pay close attention to it as analysts, but you've got personal history with the NFP. Hey, and, um, it's great to be here, you know, and I can't be more than happy to be speaking about that good old NFP. Yeah, I mean, over 10 years ago, when I knew no better, you know, when I was just new, a greenhorn to the market, um, I used to see the NFP as a code word for a high-risk event that would promise explosive levels of volatility. It could be pain, it could be pleasure. But my first experience with the NFP was, I remember I was young, I funded my account, I entered a highly leveraged position. I didn't know what was going on. All I saw was two, three minutes after the NFP was released, my account was margin called. Oh. And this memory still sticks to me today. Yeah, dude. Well, hopefully you have learned your lesson and it only showcases why the non-farm payrolls report is such a major event for markets. Eh? So talk to us about its importance and beyond your personal pains, if I may call it that. <laughs> so um, give us a broader overview as to what it is and why it's significant. We have to keep in mind that the NFP, you can see as a key economic data that simply just shows how many people are employed in the United States, but it's excluded agricultural workers, those employed in private households and non-profit organizations. So you might be asking why are agricultural jobs excluded? And it's simply because, you know, the payrolls um, for farms are, are highly seasonal due to the large amounts of temporary labor hired during the harvesting season. So when you remove this large uh, cyclical component, it simply shows the underlying strength of the US economy. Now, the reason why this is so important for market time is because, you know, policymakers, economists use this to determine the economic conditions and to predict the future health of the US economy. So in a nutshell, if I was to be black and white, um, the US economy is usually growing when the NFP is expanding and the US economy is not really in a good place when the NFP is contracting. It's rather poignant that you raise the distinction between non-farm payrolls and uh, agricultural jobs, right? Because like you rightly pointed out, it's seasonal. Whenever I look at the non-farm payrolls, I think back to the year I did a work holiday visa in Australia. Usually that visa is used by um, you know, young people from Asian countries to go to Australia, you know, just kind of experience it and kind of pay for their holiday by doing odd jobs. And most of those odd jobs are in farms. I, on the other hand, was, uh, well, I still am a very much a city boy. So I ended up working for radio stations and uh, one of the big four audit firms in the world. But I did meet a lot of these people who are passing through Sydney who were, uh, you know, working in these farms. And I'm not going to lie, it's uh, tough work, though. Tough work. Have you had any experience? 
experience in uh, these kind of jobs? Agriculture, by chance? <laughs> no, no, not agriculture. I've, I've done other interesting jobs away from our current industry. You name it. Um, I've been a door-to-door salesman. You know, that taught me the infinite levels of patience and understanding and, you know, reading people. I've also been a bouncer actually um wow you know what okay i i know this is a podcast and you cannot see lukman's physical stature but trust me yeah i wouldn't hire lukman as a bouncer i wouldn't mind if you you know if i felt i was under threat you know yeah i would hire you as, as my bouncer my, sure. my weight's so affordable but anyways so coming back to the non-farm payrolls now this particular one coming up this Friday on June 4th carries greater significance, right? You know, talk to us about the implications for the U.S. inflation outlook and what it could ultimately mean for the Fed. Markets are expecting the U.S. economy, you know, I, I looked on Bloomberg, to have added roughly 655,000 jobs to its economy last month. Um, this was a rebound compared to that absolutely abysmal 266,000 uh, jobs that we saw back in April. That, you know, that figure was so shocking, I actually refreshed the terminal thinking that I, I, I was seeing things. But yep, this is quite significant because based on what we said previously uh, um, earlier about the importance of the NFP, if uh, this report meets or exceeds expectations, it could suggest that the US economy is moving in the right direction. And what we saw in April was simply just a blip. Now, going back to said what you said about the significance, what it means for the Fed, um, we have to keep in mind that um, last, uh, back in, you know, when we got that horrible NFP in April, um, and I saw the market reaction, one thing came to my mind. Is good news bad news? And is bad news good news? Um, I, I still remember it like yesterday. So um, last time um, when the NFP um printed around 266k we saw stock markets appreciate um the dollar drop and treasury yields spike and the reason is because um a weaker nfp reinforces the argument of the federal reserve maintaining its ultra accommodative monetary policy which is good news for equity bulls however though a strong us nfp print may raise speculations over the federal reserve acting quicker than expected we're talking about you know tapering, you know, and other other methods in place, which may not be good news for equity markets. All right. So just to recap what Lokman has just uh, explained that to us. So keep in mind, the key figure to look out for for the June 4th non-farm payrolls report is 655,000. Okay, so markets are expecting 655,000 jobs were added in the U.S. economy for May. Okay. Now, depending on what the official figure is and how far it deviates from that 655,000 number, that could determine how big of a swing we see in these asset classes like the dollar, stocks, gold, treasuries, you name it. Okay. Now, going back a month before to the April non-farm payrolls data, that was released on May 7th. That was shockingly low, like Lukman said, uh, 200 plus thousand. That was low in relation to the expected figure. For the last print, the expected figure was 1 million jobs. That's why that 266,000 jobs or whatever it was, that was shockingly low, right? It's low in relation to market expectations, okay? So given the forward-looking nature of the markets, all right, they have these estimates, they try to price that in, and the shock 
comes from how different the official numbers are from expectations. But real quick, Lukman, you mentioned something about good news, bad news, bad news, good news. Uh, explain to us, what was that about? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. It can be a, 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 a tongue twister. So when I said good news, bad news, bad news, good news, so hypothetically, let's go. So imagine, you know, these are the scenarios we're looking at. So imagine on um, Friday, um, the US jobs report is released and it does not meet market expectations. You know, it's below, well below that 655k estimates. Naturally, this is bad news, you know, bad news for the US economy. It shows that um, the US economy may not be expanding as quickly as markets predict, despite the efforts from the government, despite the vaccinations and easing of lockdowns. So this bad news uh, may be good news for stock markets because it may reinforce the argument over the Fed leaving interest rates lower for longer. Now, if we look at the explosive, you know, the amazing runs in equity markets, we've been seeing that equity bulls, you know, have been drunk on, <laughs> is that the right word? Have been, you know, you know, I've been really, um, enjoying you know the low interest rates you know the you know easy monetary policy enforced by the federal reserve so weak economic data from the united states should be good news for equity bulls however though um if the u.s jobs report on friday exceeds market expectations i'm talking about you know if it hits that 655k or higher this may add to the speculation over the Federal Reserve taking action sooner than later. And this is, even though this is good news for the US economy, this could be bad news for equity markets. Right. And if you look back at the shocker from May 7th, that was the April non-farm payrolls report, we saw the dollar index falling by about 0.8%. Now that is significant because it was its biggest single day drop since November 5th, right after the US presidential elections. And yeah. that actually seems like a lifetime ago now, doesn't it? <laughs> so, you know, it, it shows even though stock markets um, behaved rather well, well, they climbed even after that uh, non-farm payroll shocker, but the dollar index actually fell. So talk to us about why that dollar actually fell while stock markets gained on May 7th. So yeah, the primary reason why I believe the dollar fell, um, despite stock markets rising, was because, you know, people were pricing in the possibility that um, this uh, terrible jobs report may reinforce the argument over the Federal Reserve maintaining a dovish stance and leaving interest rates lower for longer. Mm. I mean, going back to the inflation narrative here, keep in mind here that this is a major piece of economic data because with more Americans getting jobs, that means they've got a steady income. More steady income means that they can go out and spend more. More consumer spending could lead to higher inflation and inflation that runs too fast, too high, too soon could force the Fed to actually pull back its support for the markets. That includes tapering of its asset purchases program, which they do to the tune of $120 billion per month. And that could ultimately hasten or bring forward the feared uh, US rate hike. So that's a timeline that markets are working with. That's a narrative that they've got in their head. So that's why this Friday's jobs report is uh, really important. Yeah. So I think, look, my, before we wrap up with all that said, what do you think? Could we see another jobs jolt like we did uh, last month or was the April non-farm payrolls print uh, just a blip? What do you think? 
I know we are not economists here, but you know, hey, what are you sensing right now? Uh, let, let, let me look at my crystal ball right now. <laughs> give, give me a second. Give me a second. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, look, I think over the past few weeks, um, economic data from the United States has improved. Um, at the same time, you know, the vaccine rollouts have been building momentum. You know, more and more Americans are being vaccinated. And based on these things alone, I think this should be enough to push the jobs report a bit higher. So I am actually expecting, you know, the report to at least meet expectations. It may not be as bad as what we saw in April, but it still should be manageable. So I'm actually looking for the US jobs report to come in between that 600k mark. But, you know, I think when we do another one of these podcasts in a month from now, um, we'll see who's right and who's wrong. I mean, you know, I'm not going to be the only one to say my prediction, hand. I think it's fair as well. You say the number that comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Now, just to play the role of devil's advocate. Um, so I actually think we could see another lackluster number. Okay. Uh, now, again, for the record, we are not economists here. Uh, we're just reading all these reports. And one particular report really caught my attention from a Wall Street bank. And let me preface it by asking you this question here, Lukman. If you were, you know, given unemployment benefits or you were given money to just chill out at home, okay, would you go to work? I wouldn't go to work, and I'll take that money hands down. There we go. And guess what? <laughs> yeah. So this um, report out of this major Wall Street bank, I basically say the same thing as well. So for those who are earning up to about 32000 US dollars per year, okay, the unemployment benefits that they're getting right now basically offsets having to go into work for you know, 35, 40 hours a week. Right, so that's the conundrum that perhaps uh, economists are pointing to when they saw that really shocking number from uh, the April non-farm payrolls. Right, so that's why you've got some state governments that are already talking about, hey, our businesses are struggling to find workers because they are getting these unemployment benefits. They want to chill out at home. They, they're not ready to go back to work yet. Now, to be fair to them, they might be saying that, look, you know, I don't want to go back to a work that pays me a measly minimum wage and have to work and slave away when I can just chill out at home and still get money, right? So um, state governments are actually talking about pulling back some of those unemployment benefits already in order to encourage Americans to go back to work. So I think that's the conundrum in play in the U.S. labor market right now. I think we could still see some of those effects in this May non-farm payrolls report that's due out tomorrow, June 4th. All that said, that's why I think, you know, we might be in for another um, disappointment uh, for this Friday. So again, just playing the devil's advocate here, just sharing with you what I've read. Um, Yeah, we'll actually see what happens uh, tomorrow. In the meantime, while we're waiting for the non-farm payrolls proper, be sure to check out our daily market analysis. We'll be writing about that, I'm sure, on our website. It's www.forextime.com. And also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, available on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Until next time, I'm Han Tan for FXTM. 